Welcome to Joy Christian Center. We're so glad you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, please join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. Our services last about an hour. We pray that today's message will inspire and challenge you. Glory to God. We're glad that you're here. Hallelujah. Worship team, thank you so much for the way you serve. Hallelujah. For the way that you serve and make a difference, we appreciate. Oh, what a way to start our week. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Uh, I was at the state fair the other day, so um, the sugar's all out of me, I think. Nick, where's Nick? Nick brought a poncho, like I'm going to, I don't know. God is good. I'm excited to be able to minister today. My name is Pastor John. In case you wandered into this building and you're not sure where you're at, it's not Mimbach Fleet. This is Joy Christian Center. We are a family church teaching people to reach their world, and uh, we've been doing that for about 25 years now, right, Shelly? Glory to God. As a matter of fact, we're in, amen. Give God, give God praise. We're entering into a season of celebration. Next month, Pastor Tim will talk about it more later, but next month, uh, September 4th, is one service at 10 o'clock, and so are the rest of the Sundays. But on the 11th, we begin celebrating, and we're going to do so for three weeks. We kind of have something different planned for each week. One service, 10 o'clock, every Sunday, and the celebration is the 11th, the Actually, I've said it enough now, the 18th and the 25th. And on the 25th, we're going to party after the service in the parking lot. We've got a group of people planning that. So we're going to have some fun. And we just encourage you. But God has been faithful for 25 years here at Joy. And he's going to, you know what I was thinking about it? Celebrating 25 years of God's faithfulness. We, no, it's really like celebrating, like, put up a number, a bazillion years of God's faithfulness. We just got to be apart for 25 so far, right? Uh, and we're going to be for a lot more because God's got good plans. Amen. God's got good plans. And uh, anyway, I'm Pastor John. Believe it or not, Pastor Brian does get to teach again soon. Next Sunday, actually. Uh, Pastor Brian's going to be back up here. We've kind of had each pastor doing a part of this series called Here I Am, and I get to do part four. I'm certainly excited about that. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to do is recap for you kind of where we've been. Um, we, we used a verse. Pastor Brian started us off with Here I Am, part one. And he used a verse that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears, let him open the door and, and I will come in and I will sit with him. All right? And it's a picture of fellowship. It's a picture of God knocking on our doors, if you will, on, the heart, on, the, on our hearts. And then us being willing to open up the door and say, Lord, come on in. I'm here. You're here. Speak to me. And God says, I'll do that. I'll come in and I'll fellowship with you. It's a picture. It's a church word, I know. But really what it means is God wants to just have conversations with us. God wants to talk to us. He wants to listen to us. He's a good father. You know the good fathers, they, they listen and they talk. My kids think I only talk. Sometimes that's true because I'm not God. But he's working on me, Shelly. God's working on me. Now we're getting into my knock time when I open the door and God says, shh. But anyway, Revelation, it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And Pastor Brian shared how Isaiah saw, saw God. And Isaiah looked and he saw God. And what he did is he saw God actually in the heavens. And God showed him this. His eyes were open. And Isaiah saw. And he said, I see the Lord seated on the throne. And the train of his robe, it fills the temple with glory. And he saw angels flying around. And at the, you know what? Isaiah looked at that, and I think he saw the fullness of God. Like, if you could right now, imagine that. If you could right now with your physical eyes see the throne room. I don't think we'd be unlike Isaiah. 
But I don't think I was unlike Isaiah the day that God revealed to me who he was when I finally decided to look and I saw that God loved me and I saw that God had a plan and I saw that God redeemed me and I saw that God wanted to heal me and I saw that God wanted to save me and I saw that God wanted to use me. When I see that, like Isaiah saw that, you know what Isaiah said? The same thing I said, I'm undone. Woe is me. Isaiah said, woe is me. Woe is me. You know why? Because he saw God for who God was, but he knew who he was. And that's how we are. We see God for who he is. But then God did something. He said the angel took a coal, a red hot coal, and he came and he touched Isaiah's lips, the word says. And he touched Isaiah's lips with his red hot coal and he made him clean. And then Isaiah said, okay, God, here I am. Because God said, I got a message. I got a message for the people. Who will I send? And once Isaiah said, God, you touched me, and I know you touched me, now he said, here I am, Lord. Send who? Send Shelly. Here I am, Lord, send Shelly. No, Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me. And Pastor Brian talked about how we got to get there. In our own lives, we've got to get there where we, we open the door to God the initial time, and that's when he touches us with the blood of his son and he cleanses us. And our outside is the same as it was yesterday and our inside is completely new. When the blood touches us and we're new. Now we gotta say, here I am. And then pa Pastor Tim talked about this and we can't skip any of these. I thought each one of these just fit together perfectly. Pastor Tim talked about how we have to trust. First of all, we have to trust God. We have to trust God. Pastor Brian says often, you know, there can't, there's gonna come a day where you decide and you, it's a decision you can make. I can't make it for you. But you're gonna have to decide, God, you're smarter than me. But you're gonna have to actually say it in here, if not with this. God, you're smarter than me. So I'm gonna believe what you say above what I think. Above what the world says, I'm gonna choose to say, God, you're smarter. So I believe you. That's trust, folks. That's faith, folks. When you say, God, you're smarter than me, and I'm going to believe what you say, if I read it in here, I'm going to choose to believe it, even if everything around me is contrary to it, even if everything in me feels contrary to it, I'm not moved by what I feel, I'm moved by what he said. And that's trusting God. But then Pastor Tim said, we're going to have to learn to trust others. And this is where people get challenged. Because I'm not going to stand up here, turn around, and do trust fall and let you catch me. I ain't. <laughs> but I thought it was a wonderful object lesson, Pastor Tim. Truth is, it'd take about six people. Glory to God. And it isn't that I don't trust you, but the reality is God, God's gonna bring you around people and some of us have real issues with trust and yes, we're gonna have to trust the Lord, but God's gonna put us around other people and we're gonna have to learn to trust other people. Amen? I mean, really, every believer. You know you're never exempt from this, ever? Never. I don't care where you go, what you do, whatever you do, how, how low you get, how much you serve, you're still gonna have to trust people. And that's just the way this walk works when you say, here I am. And then Pastor Tommy talked about this. There are two things you're gonna, you're gonna need to have. Number one, confidence. You're gonna have to have confidence in God, but then you're gonna have to have confidence in yourself. Do you know that both are important? Because you can have all the confidence in the world in God, but you've gotta let God turn that around and give you confidence, because he made you. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When you were in your mama's womb, I knit you. I put you together. Oh, man, do you trust him? You're beautifully, fearfully, wonderfully created in the image of God. And that should give you confidence. That should give 
you confidence. And Pastor Tommy did a beautiful job of sharing how we have to have confidence. But then he said, we also have to have a willingness to submit. Ooh, submit. Was that in our wedding vows? And Pastor Brian earlier goes, well, you probably made your wife say it. And I said, ha, you don't know my wife. I can't make her do nothing. And I ain't supposed to. But I'm not God. Submit. We made a bad word out of submit. But I got news for you. If you're going to say, here I am, Lord, you're going to have to submit to someone in authority. That's just the way it works. That's how God works. But you know what else? It isn't just a matter of submit. If you're going to say, here I am, Lord, you're not only going to have to submit to others, you're going to have to serve others. There is no way the call of God comes without an, a, 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 a need to submit and you will serve others if you're responding to the call of God. You know, there's a reason Miss Teresa or Mother Teresa is, is like this pillar of like the person who served. Do you want to know why? I think she just took God at his word. And she was called to serve, so she served. So the world was blown away by that. But I got news for you. You're called to serve too. And you're not going to answer the call of God and say, here I am, Lord, and not. If you're unwilling to submit or serve, then it isn't going to go very far. Now, he'll keep knocking. Behold, I st- he'll keep knocking, right? You can answer that call. You can open that door any day, any time, and begin to listen to God, and then begin to do what God asks you to do. But none of those things are going to be, you're not going to be exempt from any of that. You know, as our hearts, as we began this series, we were really careful about, I don't know, two months ago or more, we began praying about this series. And one of the things we didn't want to come across is as we share with you, here I am, God, here I am. Um, we didn't want you to think that, oh, people will go, well, I'm not called to full-time minute. You know what? This call that we speak of and the things I'm going to share with you today, most of these come out of my own experience in terms of my answering God's call. And I wouldn't be sharing them if I didn't think they would help you where you are in your call. And I got news for you, 99.9% of you are not called to full-time ministry. Now, somebody in this room is, praise God, glory, hallelujah. But the rest of you, you're just as called. You are just as called by the living God. And you, you have to say, here I am. And I'm gonna share some things with you that have to be in here in order for you to live out the here I am. Because the here I am, remember Pastor Tommy said, just, just because you say here I am, Lord, you're not done yet. Now he's going to teach you things and show you things, and he's going to ask you to serve somebody. He's going to ask you to submit, and then you got to go. I was, I went, after Pastor Brian's message, I went and read about Isaiah. Do you know what God did? This is what God did. God is so cool. Somebody could say amen there. Well, I don't know if he's cool. He's cool. God's cool. He's the coolest of the cool. He's on a throne, seated high. Oh, he has all the power. He's not afraid. You know, God's been God a long time. He's, he's all good. He gets all the glory. When we begin to serve, anyway, I started looking at Isaiah. Here's how God, God did Isaiah. God goes, okay. Isaiah said what? What did Isaiah say? Here, here I am, send me. Here's what God told him. He said, okay, Isaiah, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna go and you're gonna say the words that I told you to say. And when you say them, the people aren't gonna like it. They're not going to like you. They're not going to like your message. And they're not, they're going to draw, they're not going to get closer to me. They're going to move away from me further. Okay, here I am. No, the reason God revealed himself to Isaiah is because Isaiah was propelled by the fact that he knew who God was. He knew he was seated on a throne. He knew he was in heaven. He knew he was in control and he knew he loved us. 
So the message was somewhat irrelevant. He just had to hear the message from God and go and tell. And then God was telling him, what you're going to say may not be what they want to hear. I think everybody's sitting here today when I say this part going, oh gosh, what's he going to say? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is don't worry about what God's going to ask you to do and what he's going to ask you to say and where he's going to send you. Don't worry about that. Focus on God. Because when you know him for who he is, when you know he's a good father, when you know he loves you, I think Isaiah went, all right, here I go. (laughs) Here I go. And then I guess it was good that God told him because then when he did it and they didn't listen, he didn't go, maybe I said the wrong thing. No, they didn't listen. He goes, I guess I said the right thing. But God was, God was doing it for their good. Do you see that? It was for their good. God was trying to reach them. God was trying to tell them something. And he just needed someone to go. And he chose Isaiah just like he's choosing you. I'm not going where you're going. No one else is going where you're going. No one else is going to meet the people you meet. No one else is going to be able to tell them. No one else is going to be able to serve them and show them the love of Jesus Christ. No one. You're the only one. You're it. Uh Uh-oh. Somebody's like, I'm not answering. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Why don't we answer? These are things, these were things in me why I didn't answer. I didn't answer because, number one, deception. There was deception. You know the enemy? He doesn't want you to hear about God. He doesn't want you to hear about Jesus. He doesn't want you to hear about the blood. He doesn't want you to hear that Christ rose from the dead. He doesn't want you to believe any of that. He doesn't want you to believe that God will forgive your sins the minute you put your faith in Christ. He, that, he, the Bible says he, he, he puts scales on the eyes of the world so they can't even see. Why do you think Jesus went around all the time saying, let he who has ears to hear? Yeah, let he who has eyes to see? I think people were standing around going, is this guy crazy? Everybody has eyeballs. Well, almost everybody. And those that didn't, he went. <laughs> There's a guy he healed once. And then they, he told him, don't tell nobody. I don't know. It's like, did he disobey Jesus? Because <laughs> you know what? He wouldn't shut up about it. I know who I was. He did this, he did this. And all the people, even the religious people, shut up, shut up, shut up. I can't shut up. He touched me, I'm different. I could not see, now I see. Would you shut up? No. Well, spiritually, he changed you on the inside. He touched you. You were dead, now you're alive. That's better than earthly eyeballs. I got news for you. But deception, the enemy tries to deceive you. That's why we don't answer the door when he knocks. That's deception. He has good plans for you. That's deception. I'm telling you, it's all deception. He doesn't want you to hear. Some of you, he didn't want you to hear this message today. Some of you, he did everything he could to keep you from hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. You know it, and you're still here. Say amen. Amen. Woo, devil's a liar. That's why Jesus came and raised hell, R-A-Z-E-D. The word means destroyed. He said, I came to destroy the work of the enemy. Finished. Finished. Devil hates that. Deception. You know the next reason, though? You say, I can't answer the call. I can't, I can't. The, Jesus is knocking. I open the door. He starts talking to me. But Jesus, I'm a broken vessel. God, I'm broken. And you know what? I'm not making light of this. But the only thing I want to tell you is we're all broken. Oh, we're all broken. We're all broken. This is why you got to get past it. Folks, this is us. 
put up the picture. I put up a picture of a vessel that Pastor Brian gave me this. This is actually clay from Mount St. Helens. Somebody gave this Pastor Brian years ago. See, we're all broken vessels. So if you're not answering the call of God because you think you're broken, I got news for you. He came to heal the broken. He hung out with the broken. I think it'd be me and Jesus at the state fair. We laugh. He's not here. He's not coming to the state fair. I don't mean to demean him in that way, but I got news for you. When he came to earth, he came for that which was broken. And that which didn't think it was broken said to him, why are you hanging out with the broken? And he said, because I came to heal the broken. We're all broken. Don't let that be the reason you don't answer. Amen? The other thing about this broken vessel is when it's filled with the goodness of God, when God knocks and we open the door and we let him talk to us and he begins to fill us up with his word and his love and his power, guess what comes out of us? Whatever we put in us. This works good and bad. Some of you, you can't stop yelling. You know why? Bad stuff's going in. Bad stuff's coming out. But when he's knocking and you answer and you fellowship with him, he comes in and guess what comes out? Of all my cracks. All my cracks. Light, love, glory, goodness, God. So don't let being broken stop you. Let being broken be the reason you open the door to Jesus in the first place. Hallelujah. 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 I'll put this right here. Glory to God. Condemnation is the next reason. Oh, by the way, the broken vessel story, quick story. There's a boy in Mark. I was meditating. I was like, God, he, he's a boy. I don't know. He's a man. And he's running around the hills. And he's screaming. He's full of devils. It says they could hear him screaming in the caves. At, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what would that sound like, Right? The boy that's running around screaming. When I was a kid in, in Bible, we, my brother and I sat next to each other. We were like seven years old. And we were the ones always causing trouble in kinder church and kids connection. And we were, and we, were we just did. But all of a sudden one day we heard, rah, rah, and this, we, were, we were like scared. We were like, what's, and this Willie George came out and he's wearing like a, a cloth and he's got blood and he's screaming. Rah. We're like, we didn't cause no more trouble that day. But he was doing an object lesson, because you know what? Jesus casted the devils out of that guy. Said he was sitting and listening to Jesus, all good and clean. He just knew. He said, Jesus knocked and he answered. And you know what? I know people, people think, that guy's broken. Yeah, he is. But guess what? He'd been touched by God. Now, the funny thing is, they used to chain him up. You know the world tries to chain people who are out of control, right? We get that, right? You know that God sets them free? Totally different, huh? Now, that guy, I don't blame this guy. This isn't part of my, necessarily the story of this guy, but I gotta tell it to you because it's fun. Jesus was getting ready to get in a boat and leave, and where do you think that guy wanted to go? (laughs) He wanted to go in the boat, right, Nick? I'm coming with you. Aye, aye, Captain, let's go. Jesus said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, you stay here. There's people here you need to show. Show what? This. <laughs> there's people right here you need to tell. There's people in your work that need to see this. Oh, there's people at school need to see this on a campus. I was broke. I'm broke. But Jesus Christ, he's my healer. So I think of that boy in Mark, and I think of the difference he made because of what Jesus did and because he was willing to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. Don't let condemnation stop you. If, if you hear voices telling you you're not good enough, that's not God. Any condemnation, any condemnation that comes into you that you hear 
and that's still, you know, that's not from God. It's time for you to take the voice you do know. You know what, even if all you know is you're a good, good father. When you hear the voice of the past that says you're not good enough, you start saying with your voice, he's a good, good father. Even if that's all you know, why? Because you've made a decision to believe what he said above the condemnation. Because Jesus did not come to condemn, he came to save that which was lost. Oh, don't let condemnation stop you. Then some of you, you're really old, you're like 25, and you think it's too late. I got news, it's never too late for God. Whoo, 22 years ago, I was running, I, I knew the call was there, but I was running, I, and I, I'll be honest, there's parts of me, later I talk about, I just rejected God, I, I just said no to God, I just said no to God. Oh, can you say that in church? Yeah, I just said no to God. And I was running. Now I had messed up so much that the enemy could easily condemn me. He could easily trip me up. He could easily lie to me. And all that stuff I owned, right? And then I heard a word one time, and it said, I am the redeemer of time. I heard someone talk about God will redeem the time. Do you know he's the God that was, the God that is, and the God that will be? Do you know he's the alpha and the omega? He's the beginning and the end. Do you know he's seated on a throne high and lifted up, and the angels are flying around him saying, God Almighty, God Almighty, God Almighty. I got news for you. He can fix it. He's a redeemer of time. Woo! If you're alive, it's not too late. Say amen. amen. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Open the door. Let him in. Begin to talk with him. Begin to walk with him. Let him come on in. It's not too late. The enemy's a liar. And then the last one, which I mentioned, we simply choose not to obey God. We simply choose to ignore God. We simply, he knocks, we don't answer. Now, we live that out every day. If that's what we choose, we live that out every day. And in church, we don't want to think about people hear God and ignore God. You know what? People hear God and ignore God every day. You're hearing God today. Don't ignore God, okay? Don't ignore the spirit of God when he's telling you that he loves you and he wants to draw you near because he's a good father and he's got good things for you. Don't ignore that, but you can. It's possible. God doesn't take us by our ear. Listen to me, because he's not that kind of father, Nick. He's not. He's, he's lays it before you. He gives you the choice. He tells you like it is. And then he says, I'm knocking. Answer. I'll talk with you. I'll sit with you. We'll fellowship together. I'll teach you. And then when you say, I can't, he'll say, I can. And you say, okay. It's good stuff. We choose something other than God. We, either, we won't submit. Like Pastor Tom, we won't submit and we won't serve. We say no to God somehow, some way. We just say no to God, to the things of God. When we say no to the things of God, all I have to tell you before I get to the meat of where I'm at, there's consequences for saying no to God. There's consequences for saying no to God. I found this verse, Jeremiah 7, 24. It said they would not listen and they would not do. Jeremiah 7, 24, they would not listen and they would not do. And then the word of God said, so they went backwards. Are you tired of going backwards? Anybody else? Oh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> you don't have to. Like you don't have to. Like if you're here and you're rejecting the things of God and you're not opening the door and you're not listening to what he's saying and you're not doing what he's asking you to do, you're rejecting him. And you know what? He says in Jeremiah, he said they wouldn't, one translation, the Amplified says, they went in reverse. I don't want to go in reverse. Not in this life. Amen? Now, I'm going to share three more with you. They're real quick. 
but they're, they're deep because it's deep writing and I could teach on a lot of this, but um, there was three letters to churches written in Ephesus, in, in uh, I don't even know, per- Pergamos, and in Laodicea. In Ephesus, these were Christians. Everybody say they were Christians. He's writing to Christians. He's writing to Christians. He tells them good thing about them. He likes them. He loves them. They know him. They already made him Lord, right? But he's writing to them. And after he encourages them and he says good things to them, he says things like this. I'm knocking, but you're not answering. And I'm going to come quickly and I'm going to remove your candlestick. Now I went, ah, he's going to take my candlestick. Well, if you don't know the reference in that verse, the candlestick is the church. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to close your doors down. I don't want, how many don't want God to do that in your life? Amen. Well, how about the next one in Pergamos? He says, I will come quickly and I will fight against you with the sword of my mouth. I'm telling you what to do and you're not doing it. And if you don't listen, I'm going to come and I'm going to fight with you with the sword of my mouth. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. That don't sound good to me. I don't want God fighting with me with the sword of his mouth. Say Amen. Then listen, that's all he's saying, then I'm knocking. Will you answer? Because if you answer, I'll come in, we'll talk, and we'll do good things. But if you ignore him, there's consequences, folks. That's just the way it is. Do you know that last one in Laodicea? We all know this one if we've been in church for 20 years. You're lukewarm, so I'll what? I don't, again, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you come from. That don't sound good in any reference. The irony of that one is, do you know that that's the church that Jesus said right after that, I'm knocking? That's the very same church he said, I'm knocking, but you're not, will you open the door? Because if you open the door, and there's nothing else weird about that. It's in Revelation 2 and 3, go read it. It's about this long. You can read it in about 15 minutes. All All I wanted to say to you today as I prayed and prepared is, there are consequences for ignoring God. They're not his. He didn't mean it. He's not trying to hurt you. Say amen. Amen. He is not. But he's knocking. And he needs you to open up the door. And he needs you to say, here I am. Lord, here I am. I trust you. Will you teach me? And he said, I will. I'll come and I'll fellowship with you. And we'll talk. So why do I want to answer? Here's, okay, Pastor John, please stop talking about that bad stuff. Talk about something good. Okay, here's a good one, ready? Why do I want to listen? Because in Acts 17, I begin to learn things like this. It's in him that I live and that I move and that I have my very being. Listen, it's in Christ that you live, that you move, that you have your very being. You, it's like a fish in water. In Jesus Christ, you live, you move, you thrive, you have your very being. It's only when you get out of that, you get in trouble. But in him you live and move and have your being. And the minute you understand that and you begin to open up the door and say, come on in, Lord, come talk to me. You know what he's going to do? He's going to do John 10.10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. I came that you might have life and have it how? To the full. A full life. How many of you want a full life? Well, Jesus is where you find full life. So open the door. Don't ignore him. Open the door and say, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Because that's how you get full life. And even if you're a believer, he's knocking every day, right? He's never going to leave you, is he? He's knocking. You know that one song we sang and he said, I hear your small voice in the still of night? I've learned that there are times when the small voice of God comes to me in just weird times, and I've learned to just embrace it. 
And sometimes that embrace is as simple as his small voice will say, I got you. At 2.30 in the morning, he'll say, I got you. And you know what your spirit does? It goes, okay. <laughs> and then you go to sleep peacefully. Because <clears throat> tomorrow's problems, they're good enough for tomorrow. And tomorrow, guess what he'll say? I got you. Do you see that? Full life. But these are the reasons we should embrace. And then the one we all know, or a lot of us know, is Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're good. I think he had to say that because it's like he didn't know what they've been hearing. They're good. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Oh, you know the world needs hope. Jesus is their hope. God is their hope. To give you a future and, and, and good things. I have a plan. Anybody else ever just feel a little confused about what to do next? Then you know what you can say? God, you have a plan. Come on in. Let's talk about it. Lord Jesus, let's talk about it. And he will. You know when you say, come on in, let's talk, he will. That's what he said. That's what the verse is. I'm going to give you the makeup of the ones who are ready. May, I'm going to assume that a lot of you are here. You're ready. You're saying, here I am, Lord. And then, like Tommy said, it's not done when you say, here I am, the first time. Now he's going to speak to you, and then you've got to keep saying, here I am, and you've got to do what he said, right? I'm going to give you the attitude, the heart, the makeup of people who listen. The pe the, this is where I was 20-some years ago, and God put some things in me. He made these things so sure in me. I just said, Lord, I'm tired of religion. I don't really care about church. <laughs> Not the church, like his body. I'm talking about religion church. Like I just was like done. I didn't want anything to do with it. But God kept saying, no, 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 no. I called my body to be one. And you're a part of my body. So you better find your place. And you better get planted. And I began to pray. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. But he taught me three things I had to be. The first one is faithful. By the way, there's an acronym here. And it's not fat. It's fit. I started to use fat and I changed it because I've heard fat before, and I don't want to be fat no more. I want to be fit. But here's the first one. If you've made the decision, here I am, Lord, you're going to have to be faithful. Everybody say faithful. Okay, the thing is, you might not understand what I'm talking about here. Put up that picture. Do you know I had a caption? We've been together 18 years, Lord bless. That's not faithful. Praise God, I've been coming to church here 25 years. That don't mean you're faithful. And I'm not talking about to the, to the church Joy Christian Center. I'm talking about faithful to God. I'm talking about faithful. I'm talking about, you know what kind of thing I'm talking about? I'm talking about Jacob kind of faithful. Jacob was a trickster. He was a liar. He was a thief. He's the one that came out of his mama's womb holding on to his brother's heel. Free ride. Take it easy. Right? He had a free ride. His brother's coming. He might as well go with him. And from that moment on, the man used to steal, lie, cheat, everything. Da, da. He was broken. But God said, I got a plan. Knock, knock, knock. And Jacob answered one night in the desert. And Jacob, it says he started wrestling with the angel. Because Jacob was tired of who he was and where he was. He knew he was broken. And he knew God had what he needed. And I like faithfulness that looks like Jacob. Jacob said it's to the angel of the Lord. And some scholars say that that wasn't just the angel of the Lord. That was the manifested Christ in the Old Testament showed up in the desert to wrestle with Jacob. How many of you know, though, when God asks a question, he knows the answer? 
Do you know that? When God asks you a question, when after you open the door and say, here I am, hey, when he asks you a question, just be well aware he already knows the answer. He's just trying to get you to figure it out, talk with him, right? Well, I think about Jacob wrestling with God in the desert. Huh, who's going to win that one? Right? Well, at the end of the, the sun was coming up and the angel of God, I don't think he was tired and had to go. I don't think he had somewhere to be. I think he was trying to prove a point to Jacob. And he said, Jacob, you've been wrestling with me all night. I got to go. You know what Jacob said? Jacob said, this is faithfulness. Jacob said, I ain't going nowhere and I ain't letting go of you till you bless me. Do you know what, you know what faithfulness is? Faithfulness says, I have decided to follow Jesus and I ain't going nowhere. That's faithful. That's faithful. Because 20 some years ago, I said, Lord, I ain't going nowhere. And he said, oh, there's days you're going to want to. And I said, please don't talk about those right now, Lord. I did. Because I ain't going nowhere. Now, the, I'll tell you the ending of that story. God touched Jacob. It says he touched him in the hip and his muscle went out of joint. I think that's crazy funny, actually. Not for me. Well, for me it is, not for Jacob. You know what? Jacob limped away. But he was blessed. You know what he did? He walked different, didn't he? Jacob, why are you limping? God touched me. I don't think he was upset either. I don't. But his faithfulness is what I want you to see. Are you the kind of believer that says, God, I'm not going anywhere? God, I'm not going anywhere. That's the first thing you have to have is faithfulness. A tenacity that says, I'm not going anywhere, God. Just like Jacob, I'm not going anywhere. It's a decision backed up by your actions and the power of the Holy Spirit helps you live it out. Did you hear what I said? I'm not talking about willpower. Please don't think that. I'm talking about an internal decision that you make that says, God, I will be faithful. You will teach me how to be faithful and the power of the Holy Spirit will come all over that and help you do it. Woo! And you might look back in 15 years and go, God, you were faithful and God's gonna be able to go, so were you. I don't think, I think God loves that about his children. That's not prideful, because I know who I am, but I know who God made me, and that's different. I think of a tree that is planted. This was a scripture that changed my life. Uh, Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. Listen to that. Those that are planted in the house of God will flourish. Those that are planted in the house of God will flourish. And you know what? I don't know where your house is. This is an awesome church. Somebody say amen. This is an awesome church, but you know what? There's lots of good churches and I always tell people all the time, I don't just go to the church you're supposed to be at and get planted. Get planted. You know what that means? That means you're going to have opportunity to be offended. I don't like that pastor. He got a bald head. I don't like bald-headed pastors. I don't like the music. You know what? Find out where you belong. But I got news for you. You better get planted if you expect to flourish in the courts of God. This is not an option. Here's what we sing. God, you are faithful. How many of you believe you can count on God? Well, you know what God God is looking for? People he can count on. Woo! Now you're preaching, Pastor John. That's what he's looking for, church. Well, I can't be, God. Will you help me? Yes, I will, he'll say. Yes, I will. I'll help you. That's what God is. He gives you grace. He gives you mercy, and he'll help you. But if he's knocking and you're not answering, what can he do? The next one is incorporated into the body, into the body. Has a little bit to do with faithfulness, but not necessarily, because you gotta be incorporated into the body. This is where, unfortunately, this is where a lot of people are gonna miss it right here, because you don't understand this. You've completely missed this, the devil's lied to you. Do you know that being incorporated into the body of Christ is for your benefit and his glory? 
If I, I, there's so many people I mean, I, you don't understand this. Being incorporated into the body of Christ is for your benefit. God made it that way. It's his body. It's his body. It's his body. And he wants his body to be together. And he wants his body to be moving rhythmically together. And you know what? That comes with intentionality, a decision that we make to not only be faithful, but I'm going to be incorporated. Do you know what incorporated is? Incorporated for some of you is I'm going to be in church. If the church is open, I'm going to be there. I was that guy. I was that guy. I found this church in the middle of a snowstorm when every other church in town was closed. That's how I found this church. I drove and I said, I hope they're open. And I didn't want to come here because that crazy happy guy was on the phone. That's why I didn't come here. I used to call, I called and he, I heard his voice, I hung up. He's too happy. And the name was called Joy, that was scary. It's Joy and he's happy. But I drove to this church and you know what? I made a decision. I'm going to be in church. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if you got tickets for the Vikings game, you better get out of here. I get it. I get it. But I got news for you. You better be incorporated in the body somewhere. For some of you, it's joining a small group. For some of you, it's leading a small group. For others, it's serving in family ministry. For others, it's just being connected in some way, shape, or form. Connected to who? The body of Christ. That's how we're supposed to do it. I'd lie to you if I told you anything else. I I can't. Do you understand I can't? I can't. Because it's my calling to preach to you. We need to be incorporated. You know what? You know what? You're not incorporated. You're an easy target for the enemy. The enemy walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I could tell you story after story about people that separated themselves from the body of Christ, from other believers, and then they began closing the door to the Spirit of God who was knocking, and eventually they became easy targets for the enemy. He doesn't want you thriving in the body. He doesn't want you living. He doesn't want you moving rhythmically with the body of Christ in our city. He doesn't want that. He'll do everything he can to isolate you, keep you out. Remember, raised though, Jesus destroyed the work of the devil, done. Where are you going, devil? Where are you going, church? But you haven't been there in three weeks. I know, I'm going back to church. You know what you do when you fall down? Ta-da! Pastor Brian, when he was a young man, I heard this one time, I was like, that's pretty cool. It was prophesied over him, you're well-versed in getting up. I remember hearing that, I started laughing, I'm like, that means you fall down a lot. I got news for you. We're human. You're human. We fall down. Jesus is there. Get back up. Somebody say amen. Amen. Be incorporated in the body of Christ. The train of his robe filled what? Thank you. The temple. It's time now. Here's the other reason you got to be incorporated. It's time. It's just time. It's just time. If you can't see it in the world, if you can't hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, it's time. It's time to be incorporated in the body. We need each other. I need you. You need me. You're going to meet somebody tomorrow who needs you in the body. And it's not me. I don't like, well, yeah, we know we need. No, we need you. Someone in the body needs you. It's time. The days are short. Somebody's going to heaven today. Somebody's going to heaven today. Today is the day. Time to stop playing. Say amen. amen. All right. The last one is have a teachable spirit. You got to have a teachable spirit. Teachable spirits, here's the way, best way I can think about how to do this, because I could do it for me, and I'm not asking you to tell me. But if I said to you, tell me one thing internally that God is working on in you to help you with, a flaw, 
a defect, something that God is working on. If you can answer that question and you know what God's talking to you about, you're teachable, okay? If you think, I got this, I'm all good, you're not good. <laughs> you're not teachable. And that never changes. I don't care if you're 68 years old, 80 years old, there's still something God wants to teach you. Say amen. You gotta stay teachable. I tell my kids, stay teachable. Please stay teachable. Stay teachable. You can learn something everywhere you go. And you know what's funny about God is when he's dealing with that one thing you're working on, you'll, you'll go throughout your day and God's already spoke to you that day about it and then you're gonna meet people in circumstances, you're gonna be like, oh, I know what God's doing there, Right? But you know what he does? He gives you the grace to do it. And then he shows you, see, I got you. Remember that I got you? And then you're like, I couldn't do that before, and I just did it. And he's like, I know, because I'm helping you. Knock, 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 open, talk, 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 do. Teachable. Stay teachable, church. Amen? We're so focused on results. God's focused on the process and the journey. God, God cares about who you are, the person you are, what you are. He knows what you can be. And he's going to keep helping you, but he's going to keep talking to you. He's going to keep teaching you. And sometimes he's going to use other people that you're serving to teach you about patience and gentleness and kindness and love and self-control and long endurance. You know, we don't wake up going, God, teach me about endurance. Do we? Do we? Over here they do. <laughs> God, teach me about endurance. No, I don't. But sometimes God says, are you going to endure? And I say, I don't know if I can. And he says, let me show you how. That's what my daddy, God, does. I was reading a verse the other day. This made me laugh out loud. I was sitting in my quiet time at home, and I was reading a verse. And it says, I think it's, I don't know if it's up there, Proverbs. I might not have put it up there. Proverbs twenty-two nineteen, Probably not. It says this. I was reading along. It says, I have instructed you today, comma, even you. I started laughing. Like the Spirit of God, he gave that verse to me. That day, like for that day. And I was laughing, because I'm not, this is how God works. I was laughing, I said, what do you mean even you? <laughs> Lord, like I was talking to God, that's how God wants us to talk to him. Do you understand he's alive and living and sharper than any two-edged sword? He knows what you're doing. There's a scripture in Hebrew that said, you're naked before him anyway, you might as well tell him everything, because he already knows. So when I read that, I started laughing. He said, I taught you today, even you. I was like, well, thanks, God. But then I was happy because that meant I was teachable. And I think my daddy likes that. I know he does. I'm going to close today. Put up the picture of my daughter. I'm going to close today with this and then a verse. This is my baby girl. It's my baby girl. That's her way long time ago. That's her a little bit longer. That's her two years ago. That's her today on the lower right. Man, I love her with all my heart. She was so excited. She took the initiative to get a new job. So she put her little resume online. When you're 18, how big is it, right? She went to the interview on her own. She came back. She said, it went pretty good. Tell me what they said. She was all excited. I'm excited for her. And then I'm like, okay, I hope they call back. <laughs> they called her back. Said, come on back for a second interview. So she did. It's a wonderful organization. She came home so excited. She got the job. And she told me, she said, in the interview, they asked me questions like this. Can you tell us a time that you put others' needs in front of your own? And I was so excited that she has the chance to work for a company that would even ask that question. I was so pumped for her. You guys get I love her, right? Here's the thing, though. So I told her, I said, babe, you're going to have a great chance to learn. This is an awesome organization. If you really listen to what they're trying to teach you and you put it into play, 
you're going to learn some stuff and you're going to be a great employee and you're going to have fun and you're going to be blessed. But here's the other thing. I can't do it for her. Do you understand? I can't. I can't do a thing for her. That's like God to us. He's put everything there and he's saying, go for it. Knock, knock, knock. I'm here. Listen, answer, do. But here's the thing. He can't do it for you, church. He'll do it with you, but he won't do it for you. Do you hear that, the difference? Put up that last verse. It says this. In the scripture, God says, when the time came, I listened to you. And when you needed help, I came to you. I came to save you. That time has come. This is the day for you to be saved. You know what verse that day is for? And you know what verse will be for tomorrow? Do you get that whole process every day? <laughs> right? Knock, knock, knock. Here I am, Lord, every day. Amen, church? Now, some of you are here. You've never put your faith in Christ. I really don't want to make this complicated because it's not. He came, he lived, he died so that you could live. His blood will cleanse you and free you. Your choice, whether you put your faith in him or not. And maybe that's all you know and that's all you believe. I got news for you. That's all you need to know and that's all you need to believe to receive by faith. Amen? Now some of you are here today, you've heard this whole series and there's something challenging you and you're ready to do it but you want God to help you. He will and I'm gonna pray for you today. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, but today you're ready to, I promise I will not, I will not, this is you and God, but I will help you, I will pray with you. If you're here today and you're ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ, lift your hand. Thank you, thank you, three hands for sure. Anybody else? Four, five, six, seven, hallelujah, eight, all right. All right, here's the thing, nine, 10, I see him. Listen, today it's you and God. Put your trust in him. I'm gonna pray a prayer. Believe what you say. God does the hard work. We just receive the gift. It's free. So I'm gonna ask the whole church to pray with me. Say, dear God, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. To this point, it's been about me. Now it's about you. It's about Jesus, what he did for me. I need salvation. I need forgiveness. I know he came. I know he died. And I know he rose again. So I put my faith in you, Jesus. I thank you that you'll be with me to lead me and guide me every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now I'm going to say a quick prayer. If you're here and this series is challenging you and there's areas you're going to work on and you've committed those things to God, lift up your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. All over the place. Thank you. I'm going to pray the spirit of God would fill you up. Now what you're doing by raising your hand is you're giving God permission to speak to you about these things because you know what they are. I don't know what they are, but you do and God does. 
All right? All right. I'm going to pray that the Spirit of God would enable you and speak to you in those areas. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that he leads us into truth. Father, for every person that's here, Father, throughout this series, they heard words and they've responded with faith. God, they know and you know. So God, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would begin to quicken them. God, you would begin to help them. You would, Father, through love and peace and gentleness, you would guide them and teach them and give them power to be witnesses for you in these areas. Lord, I thank you that every day as you knock, we open the door. God, when you speak, we listen. Father, when you ask, we, we, we do, Lord. We do. Not by our own strength, but by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. God loves you. We love you. If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear about it. Please email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.